Welcome into Pickin' Winners, Week 8 edition. It's a me, Toadie. That, that is Nate. We've got all, all our Week 8 picks in this one. And as always, we'll be adding the best bet there as well. But first, how we doing, Nate? How we doing? It's as cold as it is here in Colorado. I'm flaming hot right now. I can tell you that much. <laughs> we just got our first like winter freezes going on. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are coming into town. It's going to be a cold night in hell for the Denver Broncos. But I'm nice and warm. Hot Cheeto. If you're a Latina or you know a Latina, send them my way. I got what they want. <laughs> this is oh, ridiculous. Yeah. I, this is, is so the most ridiculous. ridiculous thing we've done. Terrible idea. I'm going to try to wear this mustache as long as I can, but I don't think it's going to make All it. Right. Um, let's do a quick recap of week seven. It was not pretty for me. Uh, we were both in the red, but you fared much better. I went seven and six. I was down eight units. You went nine and four. Phenomenal record. Um, you were down about 0.9 units, though, so well done there. Uh, I think you kind of pulled away a little bit from me. Go ahead and check the graphics for our season-long record here coming up. Um, the Buffalo and San Fran losses cost us almost nine units by themselves, yeah. so that's why we have the big red numbers, even though you have like the, uh, the good record. Um, let's move on now, though, to our Week 8 picks. We are recording this on Friday, the 27th, so we'll kick things off with the first Sunday early game. That's the Rams at the Cowboys Dallas is favored by six over under is at 46. We're doing injuries again. Uh, I just grabbed all the injury reports. Um, Puka Nakua. Great story this year. Um, yeah, I did not get the Rams. So why don't you go ahead and give me the spiel and I'll grab. That's the only one I didn't grab. Yeah, I'm a liar. This is coming off. Yeah, that thing oh, is terrible. God. I feel like I want to take this thing off. It's so weird. It, um, stick, it was sticking to the bottom lip. Yeah. I couldn't talk with it. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I, like the Rams seem like they're a team like they looked really good. They have all the weapons and stuff like that, but they just can't win games. I don't know what it is, whether it's a coaching thing. Obviously their defense isn't all that great, but they, it's not like they haven't played. They haven't played bad in the last few weeks or anything like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, they lost a tough one to Pittsburgh that they probably shouldn't have lost, but Dallas coming off a bye, <clears throat> seeing some of that, you know, those other teams in the NFC, like, they're concerned about the Niners, right? We spoke about that a lot. They brought in the offense that they have and everything they're doing to try to beat the Niners. Um, and I think they just they they win a ball game against the Rams. I don't think the Rams are that good. I don't think Dallas is all that great or anything like that. But getting a lot of criticism, I think they come in here and win a ball game at home off the bye. Okay, uh, so I, I know I didn't have notes for this because I was waiting for the Rams to post theirs. They did not. It's still blank mm-hmm. uh, for today. Um, they had nothing really notable. Rob Havison was a DNP uh, on Thursday, so still waiting to see his status for Friday. It's unspecified right now. The game status is for him. He's dealing with a calf. And on the Cowboys side, you mentioned they're coming off a bye, so nothing of note for them. Um, yeah, I was talking about Puka Nakua. Great story this year. Unfortunately, um, Kyron Williams, another great story for the Rams, went down. But the offense, I think you mentioned, they're playing pretty decent football. Dallas, though, they have a top-five defense. They have Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence to just absolutely wreck game plans. I think they're going to have pretty easy go with the Rams' offensive line. It's not that great. Um, I'm also with the Cowboys this week. Yep. Moving on now, Minnesota at Green Bay. The Packers are favored by one or this was the Packers by one. I'm sorry. The Vikings are now, I think, are favored by 1.5. Over-unders at 43.5 for the injuries. Hawkinson was a DNP on Wednesday, but got a limited in on Thursday and a full practice in today. So that's good news for Minnesota. For Green Bay, um, Jair Alexander, he was limited or DNP all week, and he has a questionable tag going into Sunday. Luke Musgrave and center Josh Myers also carry a questionable tag after a couple DNPs early in the week. What you got on this one, Nate? Yeah, uh... I think Green Bay is terrible. They're turning into that team that we thought they were at the beginning of the season. Jordan Love does not play well. He's in love with the deep ball. And the way that the Minnesota secondary is kind of shaping up with adjusting some of the things that they do post-snap as opposed to what they were doing in the first part of the season has an ability to create some more turnovers because they are a fairly heavy man team. Um Minnesota coming off a big high. They do. They are on a short week going from playing at home. It's not like it's a long travel to Wisconsin from Minnesota, no. but playing outdoor in the elements and stuff like that too. I just think Minnesota's a better team. I'll pick Minnesota to win it. Kirk Cousins is playing out of his mind. I, mean, is it, I don't know if he's really playing out of his mind. That's just the words that came to my mouth. 
or it came to my brain. But Kirk Cousins is basically playing like Kirk Cousins has always played. And people are just starting to see it a little bit more because it was in the highlight in the in the limelight last year mm-hmm. with their one score wins and at the beginning of this this season losing those one score wins and then they beat the 49ers. Right. So after beating the 49ers, everybody's like, oh my God, Kirk Cousins, he balled out. He threw the ball, you know, getting hit every dang play. And it's like, you saw that in quarterback last year. It's kind of been the story of his life, just throwing for 4,000 yards, you know, 25 touchdowns or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, losing, losing a couple games in prime time. So. Yeah. The Green Bay was favored, I believe, to open this and swung Minnesota's way uh, throughout the week. Um, so we weren't like overly bullish on the Packers coming into the year, but we did like the offense. We liked what we saw in the preseason, but they've done nothing since. Um, they just lost to the one-win Broncos. That's embarrassing. They aren't running the ball well. They're 26th in rushing yards. They're not passing the ball well. They're 26th in passing yards, and they aren't moving the ball. They're 29th in total first downs. The defense for the Packers is also 27th in efficiency. Probably one error we thought they'd be okay in. They've had some injuries, so not great there. I like Minnesota to keep Jordan Love under pressure, force him to make a, a few mistakes kind of similar to what they did to the 49ers, just attack that offensive line. And I think Minnesota is going to get their third straight win here. Next matchup, Atlanta at Tennessee. Uh, Falcons are favored by three points. Over under here is at 35 for the injuries on Atlanta's side. No mention of B. John Robinson, so your guess is as good as ours. Uh, he'll play. That's just some some Arthur Smith humor there. Uh, the Titans will be without Tannehill, obviously. Um, they have no DB Roger McCreary. Defensive tackle Naquan Jones is questionable uh, with an illness. Probably, probably he's going to play. We'll see. He's not going to be 100%, though. Uh, they also get Traylon Burks back. Um, he was a full participant all week. So what are you doing with this one? Uh, you don't have Ryan Tannehill playing, which is kind of weird because it kind of came out this week that one of the other quarterbacks was going to play, but a beat beat reporter for Tennessee last week in the middle of last week, had reported on Twitter that Ryan Tannehill is walking around in a boot. So, Mm -hmm. um, so why the line opened up where it did and then where it's at now is kind of awkward to me. Um, Atlanta is, Dare I say they're actually a pretty decent team in the NFL, right? Middle we're, of the pack. We're back and forth with them. Yeah. Like, we don't like the play calling, right? And that that's because we play a lot of fantasy football and we like star players. And you want to see guys like Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, Algier, all these guys get the ball. But then you see fucking Cordell Patterson sitting in the backfield getting rushing attempts. And you're like, what the heck? Um, they play pretty stout defense. You got Will Levis coming into the game. They stated that they're going to be play both of them. That's what Variable said. But you see an interview by Will Levis in the locker room on a Friday after practice, and they asked him <clears throat> how to how do you go into a game, you know, with the mindset of you know getting in a rhythm and stuff like that, and the fact that you'd be splitting time at quarterback, and you see the face reaction that he made and it's like wait what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> split time right it's a will levis show you might have a couple gadget plays like a tyson hill type of thing with him but uh with malik willis but he's not gonna play um atlanta going on the road to tennessee obviously you don't like that all that much but tennessee also just traded away a two-time pro Bowl safety to the philadelphia eagles um Words are that Derrick Henry may be the next trade piece as well. Maybe a lot of these guys are making business decisions on the field, right? Like, hey, I'm going to keep myself healthy so I can get to another team, have an opportunity to win. They're tearing this thing down. I don't want to be a part of it, anything like that. I'll take Atlanta to win on the road. Fun thing about Arthur Smith, I don't know if you saw this clip from Pat McAfee show this week, Tony, but he's on the Pat McAfee show for five minutes every week or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in the honor of the great mustache that you have on right now, the great mustache you had in the preseason and then through the couple first couple weeks of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason Arthur Smith has the mustache is because he did a USO tour and he did a USO tour, went to Bulgaria and was riding around in some tanks with some army dudes. And the two, two of the dudes had stashes, you know, all the way out to the regulation that they possibly could have. And they're like, Hey, <laughs> you know, it's what keeps us going. This, this, this. So him yeah. and the coordinator guy who was with, they decided they're going to rock mustaches in support of the troops. And Arthur Smith is up uh, nominated as the nomination for the Atlanta Falcons for 
whatever the salute to service award is that the NFL mm-hmm. does because of all the charity and things he does for veterans and troops. So I'm a big Arthur Smith guy now. Love that dude. He's actually <laughs> kind of funny because he's kind of helps a little bit. He's kind of dry, but he's kind of funny. And maybe we can get him to get Vrabel's vest after the game or something like that. They do a vest <laughs> swap. That's been a thing yeah. going on too, but I'll take Atlanta. I, he, he's just very abrasive. Like yeah. he just comes off as an asshole. It's, in a lot of the post game stuff where, you know, he might be misleading us or saying, you know, he's not concerned about your fantasy roster. It's like, I'm pretty sure most people, the majority of people, the casual fans watch mm-hmm. and maybe buy, you know, NFL gear or subscribe to certain services because of fantasy. You should probably care a little bit, maybe a little bit, or just at least not to be such a dick about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I saw the same reports saying uh, Malik Willis and Will Levis are going to be <laughs> split in time <laughs> under center. That's probably not the case. They're probably going to want to see what Will Levis, Levis has, and that makes sense. Um, but I don't like that if that is the case. I also don't like Atlanta. Um, like I said, we're kind of back and forth on them throughout the year. Maybe against lesser opponents, we like them more, I guess. Um, it does seem like they're starting to figure out that getting your you know, your playmakers, your star players, the ball is how you win games. Um, the main one I'd focus on here is Drake London. Uh, last week, he caught six balls for 54 yards. That's a good week for Drake London. That's like a ceiling week for Kyle Pitts, right? Uh, week six, though, Drake London, nine catches for 125. That's phenomenal. That's that's a ceiling breaker week for him. And then week five, six for 78. And in those games, they've gone two and one. So it seems like that is helping that team out a little bit. I'm taking Atlanta as well. They won last week without Bijan. I think he did get a carry in the second half. Um, feels like a spot where they should win. And getting the road favorite line is probably a pretty good indicator that we're not alone here. Yep. Uh, next game, New Orleans at Indi- uh, Indianapolis. I got to look over. I didn't update my lines. The Saints are favored by one over unders at 35. Injury report. Zach Moss for the Colts is questionable. He was a DNP on Wednesday and Friday. Center Ryan Kelly and DeForest Buckner were DNPs on Friday, but that was reported as rest. I believe they'll be good to go. The Saints have a ton of questionable tags. Um, most notably, safety Marcus May with a hamstring. He was a DNP on Friday. Uh, Jawan Johnson, though, this is a positive for New Orleans, should be making his return for the Saints. What are you doing here, Nate? The Indianapolis Colts played a very valiant game last week, (laughs) and I think that all comes to a screeching halt this week. One of the primarily reasons I'm going to pick the New Orleans Saints in this game is the cornerback matchups that they have. So they started the season with Isaiah Rodgers being their number one corner. Um by the way, he um, was uh, traded or released, signed by the Philadelphia Eagles. But he came in as a starting corner for this team, and then he got busted for gambling on games within the locker room, so he suspended. So they're down the top corner. That bumped them to having Darrell Baker be a starting cornerback in the NFL in the first two weeks of the game, and then he had one of the he was the worst corner in all of football, basically. So he was ele- allowing eleven yards per attempt his way, and that was by far worse. Like not not catches, just they throw it to him eleven yards, no matter what, right? That includes drop passes, deflections, everything like that. So he got benched, and he got moved down, and then they had um, <clears throat> oh, what the hell's the guy's name? Where, where, where is it? Where Braden, uh, Braden, 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 Braden Smith and Juju Brents playing in the secondary after that. And then both of those guys are going to be out. They have a seventh rounder. That's Juju Brents. Uh, so they had him basically. They have Amir Speed, Jalen Jones, and that is it. So Darrell Baker is going to be getting a lot of Chris Olave in this game. Darrell Baker, obviously. Let's up 11 yards per attempt. Chris Olave leads the league in average depth of target, which is, I believe he's above like 20 yards per target or something like that. We know that Derek Carr likes to hold on to the ball, hitch, 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 and go type of thing. It's really bad, but hopefully he can get the ball out quick because they're going to eat this dude up two, three passes for over 15 to 20 yards over Darrell Baker. Um, I My money's on Chris Olave getting those. The Colts are also worst. They are one of the worst teams in running back success rate for passing. So the Alvin Kamara, 12 targets a game type of thing. <clears throat> I got a fucking 
thing in my throat and it's bugging the hell out of me and this costume is bugging the hell out of me and i can't think and speak right because i hear everything rumbling in my head <laughs> damn it yeah i tried to i tried to get the mustache back on not but it, was, it was sticking to my lips yeah. and i know i wasn't sounding right so if you need to take it off <sighs> we understand but the Colts are basically going to let up a bunch of passing yards to Chris Olave. This is going to be Derek Carr's best game of the season. I don't want to bet his over prop for passing yards. It's like 236 and a half. Mm-hmm. I did bet the Olave over 58 and a half. Kamara over 35 and a half. Kamara over five and a half catches as well. And the Chris Olave over 22 and a half longest reception. But it's just going to be an air raid out of this, this team. And yes, the Cleveland Browns have a great defense and Indianapolis put up like 38 points on them. The Saints also have a good defense and it's a new week, right? It's just a new week. And one game is one game. If they prove me wrong, they prove me wrong. New Orleans Saints win this game. It's one of my favorite bets of the week. Minus one. Fair. Uh, you mentioned it there at the end of your little spiel. The Colts damn near beat the Browns with their top-ranked defense last week. Um, Cleveland, even after that performance, is still number one in defensive uh, efficiency, so DVOA. Saints aren't bad themselves. Uh, they rank seventh in that stat. Um, that's good, but I'm not sure if we can trust that just yet. New Orleans has played Houston, uh, New England, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Carolina, and Tennessee in six of their seven games so far, and they're three and four in the year. So they haven't really got it done against lesser opponents, but maybe the defense is kind of, um, I don't know, inflated mm-hmm. in that regard. But I think Indy can win this game. Gardner Minshew just cannot turn the ball over four times this week. Can't happen. I think he threw a pick last week against the Browns and then fumbled not once, not twice, but three times. Mm-hmm. So if he can take care of the ball, um, I think the Colts have a chance at winning this game. I'm going the other way, Nate. I'm taking Indianapolis. Who's a better quarterback? <laughs> Gardner Minshew. Easy. Next question. Derek Carr or PJ Walker? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who's a better running back? Anybody on the Browns, Pierre Strong, Kareem Hunt, Jerome Ford, or Alvin Kamara? I do, I do like Alvin Kamara. Who's – this is going to be close. Who's a better receiver, Amari Cooper or Chris Olave? I think Cooper's done more so far. Who's a better combo? PJ Walker and Amari Cooper or Chris Olave, Derek Carr? <laughs> uh, Olave, Derek Carr, probably. Jawan Jennings or Jawan Johnson? Johnson? Jawan Johnson. Jawan Johnson end. or David Njoku? Ooh. Juwan Johnson's not 100%. He's coming off injury, so I think I take Njoku. But with Derek Carr, I'd probably take I'd probably take Juwan Johnson. Michael Thomas, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Donovan Peoples-Jones. I rest my case. <laughs> that's fair. That's I need fair. to this fucking a, change. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. This next, this next one's going to be long. I can do mine first. I am going to uh, pause. All right. Nate came back out of the Cheeto costume, and he now has the Zach Wilson New York Jets all-black jersey on. It's disgusting. The Zach attack. I'm aroused. I should have just done this with a Batman uh, mask or something like that. That would have been good. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. Let's move on now. Costumes are coming off slowly but surely. We'll see what comes off next. Stay tuned. Uh, Next matchup, New England at Miami. The Dolphins are favored by nine. Over-unders high. It's at 47. For the injury report, last week I complained about what the Patriots do to these freaking injury reports. They put half their roster on it. The Dolphins are doing the same thing this week. I'm not sure if it's in spite of Bill Belichick or just to poke fun. I don't know. But I'm not going to list off the 30-plus players who they marked as limited for the week. Uh, For Miami, the concern is the O-line. Left tackle Teron Armstead is on IR. And left guard Isaiah Wynn left last week's game and is also on IR right now. Not great. What you doing here, Nate? Uh, I like Mike McDaniel. It's a fun troll job that he did. It's it's amazing. It's really funny. Um. Tyreek Hill practiced Friday as well. He had, mm-hmm. you know, whatever type of leg injuries and stuff like that. But uh, he said he was going to play. Mike McDaniel was like, well, you know, you want to see it at full speed before or whatever like that. So I expect him to run really fast today or something like that. Um, New England, valiant effort, beat the Buffalo Bills. We did say on this show that we do believe <sighs> that 
the most likely Man. team that was a big favorite to lose would be Buffalo, right? Throw a little bit on the money line thing. That saved my week, basically, um, by doing that as well. Uh, there's no shot in hell that the New England Patriots beat this Miami Dolphins team. Um, it is a lot easier when a def- when an offense is not humming, which Buffalo hadn't been doing for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Miami's going to hum at home. You got it's. I don't know what it is about the home thing with them and teams that are inferior, right? Bully team talked about that last week as well. Mm-hmm. Beat up on teams that are bat that are worse than them talent wise and then when they get hit in the face by a, a decent reputable team they struggle and then lose ball games i'll take miami to win this ball game at home all right yeah you mentioned it last week we talked about how buffalo could be upset by new england and we did not make that pick uh maybe off to the side you know we put some money on it that's fine mm-hmm. um in previous weeks we've been hinting oh this might be the week you know this dog beats this team or whatever we haven't made those picks on the show, so I'm following through here with this matchup. I am picking the Patriots because of the left side of that line. Tackle and guard are backups this week. On top of that, Tyreek Hill, he's not 100%. He's dealing with that hip injury. Jalen Waddle still has a back injury he's managing. And I've read or listened to the stat a few times now about Miami's beating uh, beating teams at home by 28.4 touchdowns uh, this season. They've beaten the Panthers, the Giants, the Broncos, uh, so far this week at home. Mm-hmm. So take that narrative with a grain of salt. This is New England. Belichick has access to the same all 22 that I watched looking at that left side of the line. He knows where to attack the Dolphins. And in week two, when Miami was you know firing on all cylinders, the Patriots held them to 24 points. That's pretty respectable. I know that was in New England. If they can replicate anything close to that defensive performance and put some points on the board, they scored 29 against the Bills last week. That's pretty good for them. But if they do that, I think they can steal this one from Miami. It's a terrible decision, but I'm going with New England. Uh, this is our second uh, pick that we're on opposing sides of. Mm-hmm. Terrible decision. Don't do that. Uh, next matchup, the Jets at the Giants. So the Jets are favored by 2.5, over-unders at 36.5. For the injury report, the Jets are coming off a bye, so they're mostly healthy. Uh, and Will McDonald was a full participant today, so go ahead and pencil him in. For the Giants, tackle Andrew Thomas is doubtful, probably not playing. Daniel Jones still out. And then I guess this is a positive for them. Saquon Barkley got a full uh, practice in today. He was dealing with that elbow issue last week. What you got in this one, Nate? I think that the... The biggest strength and the biggest whack job thing that the New York Giants do is throw the ball, which is weird. They don't run the ball fairly well. Uh, You're probably not going to run on this Jets team. Um, And when your passing game is bubble screens to Wondell Robinson and crossers over the middle with Darren Waller, a team with all the talent that the New York Jets have on defense in the secondary is going to be able to shut that down quickly by putting pressure Mm -hmm. on Tyrod Taylor. The Jets really do need to spy Tyrod Taylor because they're going to be able to get pressure um, and he's going to take off running and stuff like that. But one thing that Tyrod does is he he often doesn't look to run first. A lot of times he does this like sag back, sag back, sag back thing or whatever and kind of trails. And I think that the Jets, they just don't have the wide receivers to be able to create separation in, in scramble drills or anything like that. So I'm going to take the New York Jets to win a ball game, you know, on the road. Tough environment there. Uh, it's it's going to be a rough one. You know, the New York Giants fans, hey, they're getting some faith in, in what's going on here. Saquon, you know, being fully healthy and everything like that. But I don't see anything here where the New York Jets lose this game. You had Dalvin Cook come out this week talking about how, you know, he's not happy with his usage because, you know, God forbid the, they give the ball to a guy who's averaging 2.5 yards carry as opposed to the guy who's averaging 5.6 and is younger and more spry and is actually mm-hmm. decently fast and somewhat quick and can break a tackle and all that kind of stuff too. I think he leads the league. He's a top five guy in yards per attempt this season as well. Granted, he did have like two 60-yard runs in like the first <laughs> yeah. game. So, um but I think they're, they're going to be able to run the ball down the throats of the New York Giants, limit what Zach Wilson has to do, take their shots while they can, and then win a game on the road. I'm not happy that you took my joke. That was going to be my joke. Jets on the road, you son of a bitch. And they have <laughs> Gotham's finest. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me the Jets as well. Giants have had some success these last two weeks against a struggling Bills defense and the Commanders who have no defense. Uh, that's fine. But Jets coming off a of bye, as you mentioned, they're going to be rested. They're going to be prepared. And I will give credit where credit is due. Uh, the jersey of the co-host over here. It's uh, nasty, He's dude. been playing pretty well. He's been playing pretty well these last couple weeks. Uh, getting praise from uh, you know his peers, Patrick Mahomes, telling him to do what he's been doing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Jets as well. Yeah. Dude. On the road. Dude, Damn it. If I win picking winners this year, you're getting a Zach Wilson jersey too, man. You're getting a Zach <laughs> instead of the Jerry Goff Lions one. All right. All right. Uh, next matchup here. <clears throat> it's going to be Jacksonville. At Pittsburgh, uh, Jacksonville favored by two and a half over unders at 41 on the injury report for the Jags. Zay Jones is out. I don't like that. Everyone else got in a limited or a full today. The Steelers, uh, Deontay, uh, did show up on the injury report uh, with a hamstring on Thursday with a DNP. He was a full participant today. Again, this is this is being recorded on Friday, so he should be good to go. What do we do? What do we do here, Nate? I have Jacksonville to win the ball game. I think, you know, Pittsburgh obviously won a ball game not legitimately last week, I guess you would say. You know, it's fairly yeah. clear that Kenny Pickett was short about a yard <laughs> in there oh in that fourth down play or whatever it was. And yeah. um, maybe they lose that game, but um, Jacksonville is just the better team all around. They have a better defense. They have the better offense. They're able to run the ball really well. Pittsburgh's been beat by running the ball. It does scare me a little bit because Trevor Lawrence apparently said something about the terrible towel, about like waving little yellow flat towels around or mm -hmm. something like that. I didn't whiteboard whiteboard material. Yeah, like that's the last thing you want to tell a bunch of yinzers, man. It's like, and and, and the Pittsburgh ref, high school's referee just came viral this week as well too. I don't know if you saw that. Oh man, he's got the perfect like Pittsburgh yinzer accent. Mm -hmm. Something you know whatever. Holding number 54 sometime first down, you know, first down, first down, first down. It was so good. Like, he had, like, 30 calls in that game, apparently. So, mm -hmm. um, this is one that I that I wouldn't ever – I wouldn't want to bet. I wouldn't want to tease, you know, Pittsburgh up to, you know, eight and a half, which seems logical to do, you know, a, a home team dog. You get over the three, you get over the seven. Like it's, you know, <clears throat> but um, – mm -hmm. Low total as well, 41, what's it, 20, 20, like 20 to 18 game, 21 to 18, somewhere mm -hmm. around there. Um, but I'll take Jacksonville to win it. Uh, I don't know what to think of Jacksonville. Yeah. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence just likes Christian Kirk better than Calvin Ridley and the way that it's, you know, it's comfortable, he's more comfortable with them and stuff like that. But Seems like Calvin Ridley is kind of like the man left out in this offense, which is kind of awkward. Yeah, seeing what mm -hmm. he did, you know, in London in week one, all that kind of stuff too. So, um, but I'll take Jacksonville to win it. I don't like it though. Um, this is the one it, it, where I'm like, uh, we're really gonna lay this, and it it's kind of right in front of our faces. So. At least this one isn't big. Uh, the money line is just minus one forty two, so yeah. it's not going to completely crush us like the, you know, minus four hundred for the Bills. <laughs> his last, his last couple uh, big losses for them. But Pittsburgh's been playing better football of late. They're four and two on the year. Uh, won a handful of close games. That one last week, the Rams. Yeah, it was a bad call. But do the Rams even, you know, turn around and take the ball fifty five, sixty yards down the field and score to tie it up and then go to overtime? I don't, I don't know. Probably not. So I wasn't too bitter about that call. Um, <clears throat> but maybe another story this week uh, when they get the Jags fourth ranked defense in terms of DVOA, uh, who are sixth against the run to this point. The Jags have led up the most passing yards, but that might be by design. Uh, and they lead the league in turnovers with 16. They're second in interceptions there with nine. I think if Jacksonville can shut down the run for Pittsburgh and force Kenny Pickett to make, you know, one, two, three bad throws, get a couple turnovers through the air. Uh, they can get this win on the road and also cover. So I'm taking Jacksonville, but yeah, it was very uneasy uh, when I did highlight the Jaguars for this one. Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling great about it either. Moving on, Philly at Washington, the Eagles touchdown favorites on the road, over-unders at 43.5 uh, for the injury report. On the Eagles side, 
Of note, defensive tackle Jordan Davis was a DNP today with a hamstring, uh, and corner Bradley Roby was a DNP all week with a shoulder. He's not going to play. Washington didn't get a Friday practice report out. Um, thanks, Ron. But they had mostly a clean bill of health uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. So what you got for this one? This is another one you don't. I don't like betting. Um, for some reason, Washington-Philadelphia has become like a really tight game over the last yeah. two years. Um, and it's on the road in Washington. I mean, it's only like an hour and a half, two hours from Philly anyways. So it's going to be a bunch of Philly fans in that place. But I'll take Philadelphia to win the ball game. I think they're just the better overall team. Jordan Davis does hurt not having him in the middle, especially when Washington wants to be like a run team. They feel like the way to beat Philadelphia yep. is to run the ball as well too. limit what Sam Howell does, which is stare down quarterback, stare down wide receivers. It's like a one look, dude. Like yep. watch this game on uh, Sunday, and you'll you'll end up seeing what we're talking about. But um, I'll take Philadelphia to win it. AJ Brown. Go for the record of 125 yards in, I don't know, every single game of his existence um, is what it feels like right now. I think it'll be six straight or six something straight. like that. I think it's six yeah. straight if he does this or he's done it six straight. Uh, they're going to do that this week. Washington secondary is in shambles. They don't know how to talk to each other. Neither, none of the safeties or the corners know where the other safeties or corners are at and what they're covering and how to hand off receivers and stuff. I think that we can see – uh, this one being a very boring game to watch, but it is kind of scary. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Sam Howell, he's not good. You mentioned that. The Washington defense cannot defend against the pass. They're 28th in passing yards allowed. Commanders have allowed the most sacks in the NFL this far as well. I think we talked. They're on pace to surrender 97, uh, which is pretty crazy. Uh, we just saw Philly's defense bottle up Miami's running game. Put all that together, and you have a recipe for a blowout. Not sure if that's going to happen, but I do believe Philly wins this game on the back of you know their passing game, a couple turnovers from Sam Howell, a handful of sacks because Howell insists on holding on to the damn ball. Um, you mentioned staring down receivers. That doesn't help. That, I mean, it does help the defensive backs and the safeties, linebackers, um, and also just a one-sided time of possession for Philly. Um, I think that'll also be in their favor. I'm also taking the, taking the Philadelphia Eagles here. Nice. Wouldn't take him to cover because that's just, I don't know. You're, you're right. These games have been close uh, in the past, the recent past. Next matchup, Houston at Carolina. The Texans are favored by three and a half over unders at 43.5. On the injury report, the Panthers, they'll be without safety Vaughn Bell. And they have Brian Burns listed as questionable with the DNP today. Not sure if he's playing. Probably will. Uh, Miles Sanders, though, I guess on the plus side, is returning from injury. On Houston side, no Sheldon Rankins and no Robert Woods. So pretty light there, but what, what do we got? I'm interested to see if the coaching staffs try to prove the players that prove who is the better quarterback in this game, right? And if that ends up happening, Houston's going to annihilate the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> uh, CJ Stroud's by far the better quarterback out of this draft class. Yep. You could see some of the plays that he makes where he throws like he's off platform and they're like RPOs. And he goes and fakes the ball. And by the time he pulls it out, he's got a dude like a foot in front of him getting ready to put a helmet in his chest. So he's he's got a straight up base like he's about to squat. And then he's throwing it, you know, 12 yards down the field on a slant route to Nico Collins or Tank Dell or something like that. And it's on the money every mm -hmm. single time. He doesn't make dumb mistakes. He knows how to throw the ball away. He knows how to get down if he's going to run. He knows when to take off run, knows how to move up in the pocket better when it's necessary, and we don't see that out of Bryce Young. I think it's a statement game for the Houston Texans and their co new coaching staffs and the Carolina Panthers and their, their new coaching staffs, right, in the one-two picks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take Houston to win the ball game. I believe in the coaching staff. I believe in the systems. I believe in the quarterback. I believe in all the talent that's around them. I don't care if 39-year-old – Adam Thielen is running out there as a hobbled old white man catching passes. It's not going to matter. I think Jonathan Mingo's, you know, back to being being able to play well too. So he's going to garner mm -hmm. some targets here and there. Miles Sanders does help, but I think Houston's too good. Both teams coming off a bye. I'll take D'Amico Ryan's and Bobby Sloak to get a win for the Houston Texans. 
I like it. I like it a lot. I'm also taking Houston here. CJ Stroud looked very good considering where we all believe he'd be at this point in his first year. Uh, same can be said for this Texans team. They're competing. They're winning uh, against lesser opponents or opponents not properly prepared for a D'Amico Ryans-led team. I don't think Bryce Young is any good, uh, and I don't see this Panthers defense shutting down the run game for Houston uh, or CJ Stroud. So, yeah, taking the Texans here, that one was a pretty easy one for me. Moving into the Sunday afternoon games, first one, Cleveland at Seattle. The Seahawks are favored by three and a half at home. Over-under is low. It's at 38. I think this one has dropped three or four points since it opened. Uh, Nate, what do you got? Fun run for the Cleveland Browns and them trying to hide the fact that Deshaun Watson's <laughs> actually really, really, really injured and not not injured. Um, you know, when they were at the bye and then they came off the bye and then Deshaun Watson wasn't talking to the media. None of the quarterbacks were talking to the media, and then they ends up starting, and then he plays a couple plays, gets hit. They're like, maybe it's a concussion. Oh, the shoulder doesn't feel right. Um, anything like that. Like, I don't know why. If his shoulder didn't feel right, why was he out there on the field? You know, like, you pay this dude a buttload of money and stuff like that. Um, I think that this is going to start becoming a whirlwind for the Cleveland Browns. If they don't have Deshaun Watson, they're out of contention for that division. And it's just Cincinnati and Baltimore. And um, Baltimore looks like they're on pace to win the division right now. But you could probably get some fairly decent odds on Cincinnati to win it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll get into that later on when we get to them playing San Francisco. But cool run by P.J. Walker. The dude's still P.J. Walker. I don't care that you put up a couple points here and there or whatever like that. It looks like Jerome Ford may be able to play. They said he had some some burst on Thursday's practice, and they didn't expect that coming off an ankle sprain. I think that helps a little bit, but you're going all the way up to the Northwest. It's a loud environment that they haven't been able to deal with. Like Indianapolis is not as loud as that place is, and Indianapolis no. is in a dome. Uh, um, and then they had a home game against the 49ers, right? So in their last two wins yep. with the – with a backup quarterback. I think Seattle beats the brakes off this team. Uh, Seattle, I think I am leaning more towards. They're actually pretty good. Um, I thought that Geno Smith would be more of a Derek Anderson, shout out to the Browns, than um, a Seattle Seahawk. Geno Smith, Mm -hmm. reinvigorated career. DK Metcalf will be playing this week, it looks like. So I think they rested him last week and DMP'd or, you know, had him be a scratch it out for the game kind of last minute, like right at the whatever 90 minute mark. And it was kind of unexpected. Um, And because they knew they could win a ball game against the Arizona Cardinals and get them ready for this week. So Mm -hmm. I'll take Seattle win the ball game at home. Yeah, I I did uh, miss the injury report there. A couple important things. So this is one I probably shouldn't have missed. Kenneth Walker, DNP Wednesday, Thursday. These guys didn't give me a Friday one. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Pete. Uh, Tyler Lockett also DNP Wednesday, Thursday. Concerning for sure, but you did mention DK Metcalf's good to go. Uh, if Kenneth Walker can't go, Zach Charbonnet will be in there. Great college pedigree. Uh, those guys were full participants on Thursday. Uh, Browns have Jerome Ford listed as questionable, but questionable, but he has uh, done limited work all week. Um, and then, yeah, no Deshaun Watson on the Brown side, obviously, dealing with the AC joint. So for, for my pick here, the Browns are going to be rolling with P.J. Walker, which – improves the offense somehow <laughs> uh deshaun just hasn't been right since he suffered that shoulder injury uh getting a note here from the producers nate um turns out the ac joint and the associated ligaments in there are in fact important for nfl quarterbacks mm. yeah uh breaking news but the browns got a few calls last week against the colts and mentioned this earlier four Gardner Minshew turnovers, uh, and they barely won against a much lesser Colts team. Uh, Seattle won't be that sloppy. That's not what Pete Carroll does. And this is at home for the Seahawks. You mentioned that. I like them to do enough to win a close, ugly game at home where really all they have to do is not turn the ball over four times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Come on, Pete. Give me the Seahawks uh, as well here. Next matchup, Kansas City at Denver. Going to mile high. The Chiefs are road favorites. They get a touchdown over unders high. It's at 47. For the injury report on Kansas City side, linebacker Nick Bolton was a DNP all week with a wrist injury. He's out. He's not going to go. Yep. And then for Denver, mostly clean. Uh, nothing real, really that stood out for me there. Uh, what you got for this one? Uh, <laughs> Denver. That's not good. So, 
I, I picked Kansas City to win this game, but this is the team that I think is most likely to get upset this week. Um, they played a couple weeks ago on Thursday Night Football. I believe it was Thursday Night Football. And uh, <clears throat> and it came down to, you know, right at the end of the game. And that's on the road. And Denver is home. And it is very loud. And it is going to be freezing cold. 50% chance of snow that morning here in the mile high region, the front, what do you call it? The front range of front range of the grand Rocky mountains. Um, yeah. Today it was 33 degrees, freezing cold, super windy. <clears throat> and I think this, there's a lot being made of Denver about to, about to have a sell off week here, right? On Patrick Sertain teams interested in him, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, all these things. And mm-hmm. I think it's a week where, Unlike other teams that are on have players on this trade block where they're making business decisions like the Tennessee Titans or something like that, just to be able to preserve to get out of the situation. The Denver Broncos players, I get this sense. It's just a gut feeling, right, that it's a let's show off our talents so we can get the hell out of here and we, we're not the ones stuck. Like, I need to get mm-hmm. traded, essentially, right? Um, and, uh, like I, I just have a gut feeling that Denver wins this game, but I'm going to take Kansas city. It's the logical thing to do. It's wrong. And it's going to cost us 3.25 units, Tony. It is probably. Yeah. I, I was tempted to go that way on this one as well. But like, I did that for one or two other picks. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Uh, yeah. Denver did get that win last week against the Packers. That's cool. But the Chiefs are top 10 in offensive and defensive DVOA. It's an efficiency metric. They're playing football at a pretty elite level. Um, we're not saying that about Green Bay. With that being said, I don't like the odds. Uh, they feel like like you're kind of alluding to another trap mm-hmm. for us. But I'm cautiously, again, taking the Chiefs and in Kansas City. We were in a we're in a text group, right, <laughs> where we share all our bets with a bunch of buddies and stuff like that. And I don't even – I added Kansas City in there. And as, as a potential teaser leg, right, because you can get off the seven down to three and it gets you down to one. Um, but that's the one that I added last, and I don't like it. Like, But it seems logical. <laughs> yeah. Like, how? why should they lose a ball game? But um, there's, it just, happens. there's just a gut a gut call. But Yeah. Yeah, it happens every week, every week, every season. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on now, Baltimore at Arizona. The Ravens are favored by 9.5 over-unders at 44.5. For the injury report on Baltimore side, linebacker Odafe Owe. I just like throwing him in there, even if it's not really relevant, because I'm good at pronouncing his name. I can do that. <laughs> uh, he was a DNP today, carries a questionable tag going into Sunday. Safety Marcus Williams, DNP all week. He's out. Uh, Cardinals, they have had Kylo at practice, and he was actually listed as a full participant Wednesday but he's not playing yet. That's coming soon, though. But what you got on this one? Uh, this might be John Harbaugh's best coaching uh, year that he's ever had, right? The preparation for his team is the best at the NFL right now. Going to Europe, <coughs> right? Leaving on a Monday, making sure they're back. Yeah, back basically Sunday night in the U.S. right after a game. Uh, no letdown. Beat the shit out of the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Detroit Lions, um, we'll get to that later on, um, my thoughts on them, but mm-hmm. uh, beat the shit out of them. It This feels like a letdown spot. It's like classic letdown spot. I don't think John Harbaugh's – John Harbaugh is eliminating all letdown spots in this team right now. They're humming. They're going to be indoors on a, you know, a clean track, essentially no weather whatsoever. And their <laughs> passing game – is really efficient and i've been down on lamar i was down on lamar before the season Mm -hmm. started his footwork doesn't look great but that's just the way he throws and it's working and they keep things short and they're friendly throws he doesn't have to do a lot um and the way that they move him out of the pocket and then create levels as well right it fits such a good it's so good for what they do and what people are concerned about because yeah, Lamar can run for 120, 130 yards in a ball game, mm-hmm. but he's scooting, looking to pass the ball down the field while still attacking the line of scrimmage. So it's not like his eyes just go down right when he leaves the pocket. So um, I'll take Baltimore to beat Arizona. Arizona's 
that tanking team that doesn't look like they're tanking, but they're tanking. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, you look at the Ravens last week and Lamar didn't look like they were working that hard against Detroit in the first half and just small play, small play after small play, and they're up by three or four scores mm-hmm. basically at halftime, and the game's over. So they definitely look good, uh, much better than I think we thought. They're they like the healthiest team on in Which the NFL. Weird. So strange. Once they got like their secondary back, and then Ronnie Staley came back, right? And then like they're just the line, right? boom, like it just clicked, and it's like their bill of health right now is is barred. Barn on the best in the NFL. Yeah. Knocking on wood. It's almost like it matters from the producers. <laughs> it helps a little bit. Yeah, you got you to gotta side eye and then grab the note and read it. Oh. Uh, we'll work on that, Nate. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, we saw that the Ravens punch at a weight class above where the Lions are at. Uh, Cardinals, several, several classes below even Detroit. Uh, give me Baltimore. They looked very, very good last week against the Lions. The offense, the defense. The game was, like I said, over at halftime. So, yeah, going with the Ravens here as well. Moving on now, Cincinnati at San Francisco. 49ers still favored by four. Over-unders at 43 and a half. Uh, For the injury report, no Debo Samuel, no Trent Williams. Uh, I don't know if Dre Greenlaw's playing. Brock Purdy's currently got the questionable tag. Um, So TBD on a few of those guys. Uh, Probably the biggest one of note there is Debo Samuel. And the Bengals... uh, basically have a pretty clean bill of health. What do you got on this one? As the resident 49er fan in this place, even <laughs> though I like wearing other teams' jerseys, I support players that I think are shit on for, whether it's good or bad reasons or whatever like that, I want to see them succeed, right? So sure. keeping the positive around here. There are books where this 49er team is four-and-a-half-point favorites, which is awkward because it it legitimately was at three and then has gained steam over the last couple of days because of Brock Purdy potentially playing at quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Trent Williams, I believe, is actually still questionable unless he got ruled out tonight. Um, yeah, that one might be a uh, 50-50. It might be like a game time yeah, call. a game time decision. Debo is out. But Debo Samuel is the heart and soul of the 49ers and their offense and what they do. It's not Christian McCaffrey. It's not Brock Purdy. It's not Ayuk. It's not George Kittle. It's not Trent Williams. It's not anybody else on that team. What Debo Samuel does to that offense, and he basically creates two Christian McCaffrey-style players (laughs) on the field where he can get in the backfield. They can move everywhere, all the different Mm -hmm. motions and stuff like that. Nobody else on the team does. He's the number one player to go over the middle for the 49ers. Jawan Jennings can't do it. Ray 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 McLeod isn't going to do it. There's nobody else out there that's going to end up doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it opens up everything else that they want to do, creating levels with Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle as well. George Kittle needs to block, and he's going to need to block in this game too because Cincinnati's defense, after those first couple weeks, has been getting together. They've been playing a lot better. Week after week, we hear... Joe Burrow's calf is looking better. It's feeling better. You see him scramble a little bit. And then they go on bye week. Like, the Niners aren't getting healthier. (laughs) More guys just keep getting injured. And the Cincinnati Bengals keep getting healthier. It's like, we're seeing these two teams. They were expected to be top-tier teams, right? Like, eh, eh, eh. And then one's going down and the other one's going up. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know the line. I don't get the line. I get that it's a home game. The Niners are about to go on bye week next week, too. So what is going into the bye week at five and three for the Niners for them to get healthy? Mm -hmm. Like, are you playing for six and two? Yeah, the players want that. The coaches want that. But at the same time, you need all those guys to make a run. And you're about to go through having to play, you still got to play Baltimore on this schedule, right? And then you got to finish in division and everything like that. I got Cincinnati winning the ball game. Like, it's just a quiet Cincinnati. I don't know why Cincinnati's a dog. I don't know why it's at four. I think maybe you label it a pick them, right? This team just lost to the Minnesota Vikings on the road. I repeat, the Minnesota Vikings... (laughs) Without Justin Jefferson. What did we just say about the Minnesota Vikings weeks ago? Like, for the first six weeks of the season, right? Like, Jesus Christ, this thing's a a trash team, right? Uh, 
And if those corners can't stop Jordan Addison from catching balls, right, and ripping it out of their hands and going for touchdowns at the end of the half, what about Jamar Chase? What about and a healthier T. Higgins? What about T. Higgins? What about Tyler Boyd? Yeah, Tyler Boyd, for sure. For sure, I'll take Cincinnati to win this game, and I'm a Niner. I'm a Niner fan, <laughs> and I think that Cincinnati wins the ball game, and I don't think no. it's as close as what people think. So. Yeah, I don't think the 49ers need this game uh, to win that division, you know, and get a home game in the playoffs. I don't think they do. The only thing, though, um, is that the yeah. Niners need to outpace Philly. So if their thought is that we need to play and win this ball game, right? And so they push Trent Williams back or something like that and like back a little early and he's like half, you know, 70% of what he should be or something like that mm. to try to get a win because the Niners will not win going to philadelphia in the playoffs they can win at home if philadelphia has to come there and they they play a game in week 13 so if say whatever magic happens and both teams just win out week 13 decides home field advantage essentially right so and it doesn't look like philly's going to lose to anybody and the niners really shouldn't lose to anybody either so yeah but then they lost to the vikings yeah they ruined it they ruined our our or over and PJ Walker, whatever PJ Walker <laughs> and PJ Walker. Good God. Uh, yeah. I like the Bengals more than I like the Vikings. And you talked about it a little bit. We just saw what Kirk cousins did to the night. I don't think Minnesota punted uh, until late in the second half yeah. in that matchup last week. So they're struggling. They're struggling with health. Uh, but yeah, give me, give me the Bengals in this one. The line makes no sense. Uh, moving on to the Sunday night game now, our primetime game, Chicago at the Chargers. Chargers at home are favored by nine and a half. Is it at home? I don't know how well the Bears fans travel. Over-unders at 46.5. For the injury report, the Chargers, Eckler has the ankle injury, but he was full all week. He's good to go. Keenan Allen is dealing with a back injury. Did get some rest early in the week. He was limited today. He should also be good to go. The Bears still without Roshan Johnson, uh, most likely still dealing with a concussion, trying to get out of that. Uh, also, no uh, Nate Davis in this one for the Bears and no Justin Fields still. So what you got in this matchup? Tyler Badgett, have you seen this dude like take interviews and stuff like that, Tony? Like, this is the guy that you want to get a jersey of. Like, it's awesome. He's like the white trash kid from, you know, the the bad part of town mm-hmm. or whatever like that, that like smokes it. He, he's Jay Cutler with tattoos. Like, he's got his whole chest tatted and then random shit tattoos on his arms that are like, I don't know what they are, like Chinese symbols that don't mean what they say he thinks they mean or something like that. he got skulls on them and stuff. Like, it's just weird. Like, the dude's the guy that you want to root for because you're like, oh, this guy is Chicago, right? Gritty, cold, you know, like, he he probably lives on the south side. Like, uh, that's what it is, right? Um, He actually passes. He's actually pretty efficient passing the ball. Like, his completion percentage Mm -hmm. and stuff is up there. Uh, but I don't think the Chicago Bears are any good. I don't think they need to win. I don't think they want to win. I don't think they can win. The only issue here is you talk about Keenan Allen's back getting hurt. Um, it's got to be rough when every ball that Justin Herbert throws is a fucking rocket. Like he's in his Colin Kaepernick era right now. And like he can't have touch on the ball at all. So everything's like a laser. And you, yeah. you watch like three or four passes to Keenan Allen the game that are just like, what are you doing, dude? Like, but I'll take the Chargers to win a game. They got to win one game, right? Um, but if maybe if they lose this game, Brandon Staley has to be the first coach Gone. fired. Yeah, Done. get him out of here. Done. Which is weird yeah. because it's not like. It'll get pinned on the offense and what they're not producing and stuff like that and the team winning. But he's actually like the defensive mind for the team as well. So who who fixes the defense on that team? Because he's the one who runs it. That'd be kind of awkward. But nobody there seems to be in line with what he's got going on. Mm-hmm. But I'll take the Chargers to win the game anyways. Yeah, Staley was brought in on the back of you know being a really good defensive uh, coordinator for the Rams, and they just haven't done that. They haven't got that done um, in LA for the Chargers, anyways. Uh, does anyone know where the Raiders were last week? Uh, didn't seem like they showed up to Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. Am I upset that we lost our pick? Yes. Uh, am I happy that Badgett got a win in the presence of like what was it thirty 
or 40 uh, family and friends. Sure. Yeah. But the Bears are not better than the Chargers, not with Badgett, not with Justin Fields. And L.A. should be able to score on this bottom 25 defense uh, in terms of efficiency there. So um, also going with the Chargers. They can't lose this game, but taking the Chargers. They can't lose this game. Famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> they cannot lose this game, man. It's got to be desperation mm-hmm. mode. Uh, final game here for us, the Monday night football matchup. This is Las Vegas at Detroit. Lions are favored by eight at home over under. It's up there. It's at 46 on the injury report. We've got another day. So this is subject to change being the Monday night game. David Montgomery still DNP all week. Center Frank Ragno DNP as well all week. The Raiders uh, had a few limited practices for their guys, but nothing notable. Again, check on those throughout the weekend if there's anything you're looking for prop wise or otherwise. Um, what you got on this matchup though, Nate? The Detroit Lions kind of showed us who they are last week. They don't have a good win on the entire schedule. If you want to count week one, they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead opening night. No Chris Jones, no Travis Kelsey. They won a tight ball game. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. But they haven't beat anybody else that's halfway decent on their schedule either they ran into the baltimore ravens coming back from overseas and the baltimore ravens punched them in the mouth punched them in the mouth and they're done i think that the detroit lions are the miami dolphins of the nfc they will beat up on bad teams they will get smacked by halfway decent to good teams good thing for the Detroit Lions is the Las Vegas Raiders are not a halfway good decent team they're not a halfway decently bad team they are the epitome of NFL football therefore Detroit Lions they cover the eight to me uh there's books out there where it's seven seven and a half as well um I think this number needs to be nine and a half to ten I would take this all day at home Monday night football he just got smacked Crowd's going to be behind the team to support it. Jerry Goff at home. The Vegas Raiders are in shambles with what they're doing with player personnel and all that kind of stuff. Josh McDaniels needs to be gone. He might be fired after this year, but who knows because he seems like he's like the Jason Garrett to Jerry Jones, like to the family that he's working for there in Las Vegas. He's got, yeah, he's got dirt on the Davis family. Yeah, he has to. That's And the Kraft family. Yeah. Right? He has to have. All right. Well, the Lions ran into a perennial playoff team last week. I mentioned it on last week's show that they had a relatively easy schedule. You talked about that a little bit. Leading into week seven, and Baltimore was kind of a tier two up. Headed into week eight, Las Vegas is a tier or two down. So I'm also taking the Lions here. They should be able to bounce back quite nicely. I do like them covering that spread as well. Awesome. Getting into the best bets now. Last week, we both lost. Uh, Chargers got smoked, tanking your teaser. Um, and then San Fran lost outright to Minnesota, taking mine down as well. So wasn't happy about that. Uh, it's a new week, though. So what are you thinking about for week eight, Nate? Yep. My best bet is going to be the New York Jets, minus two and a half. As soon as this line came out, I I was like, yep, I'll take it. Jets coming off a bye. Um, and it's not like they have to travel to be on the road, so... I'll take that. The New York Giants, I don't think, should be favored against anybody in the NFL right now. Maybe. No, I wouldn't. They'd be a pick. (laughs) They'd be a pick against the Raiders. They'd be a pick against the the Bears. Who else is bad? Indian Panthers. Panthers. Probably a pick. Like, (laughs) like, maybe they're like one, you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. The New York Giants are like a bottom three team to me in the NFL. So, um, Possibly the worst. So, if it, playoff team last year, yeah, playoff, playoff team. team. Um, so I'll take the Jets minus two and a half. Last year they had the best success rate within the red zone, green zone, uh, converting touchdowns, not uh, doing field goals or turnovers, and they're not doing that this year. And there's one team who is pretty good in the red zone, and that is the New York Jets. So, Jets minus two and a half, straight bet. Uh, there are tons of teaser legs that I like in here. There's there's tons of teaser teams. All those eight plus mm-hmm. going down to two and a half, you know, stuff like that are are really good. Some of those lines are coming closer to, you know, zero, like getting down to seven and a half and stuff like that. I tease. It's a it's a massive teaser week. What else can go wrong? It's the NFL. <laughs> yeah, that that line, the Jets was the first one I looked at for for this section here. Uh, 
taking Minnesota minus 1.5 against Green Bay. Instead, uh, I grabbed that at the time of taking these down. Uh, it was minus 110 on DK. I believe it still is. Mm-hmm. Green Bay was favored early in the week. I think we talked about that early in the show, and it looked a hell of a lot better then. Um, but I'll take the Vikings to win outright by more than a point. They just beat San Fran. Green Bay has lost three straight. And I see Green Bay having similar issues to what the 49ers had with protecting against that pass rush. Green Bay's line continues a downward trend. Um, and like O-line rankings on PFF is one of them. They're kind of middle of the pack now, down three spots from just a week prior. They were, I believe, top five or six uh, when the season started. And again, no David Bakhtiari. He's on IR. Elton Jenkins has been on and off the field all season. And I mentioned this in their injury report, but center Josh Meyer, is dealing with an ankle injury. Not sure if he's going. If he is, he's not 100%. So that line hasn't been 100% for most of the season. Uh, just kind of adds fuel to the fire here. But on the Vikings, minus 1.5. You can get that for minus 110 on DK for my best bet. All right, that will just about do it. Uh, you got any final comments here, Nate? Nope. Good luck if you're betting. Good luck to us. Let's get positive this week. Let's get positive. Yep. Uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for subscribing, liking, engaging, all of that stuff. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back next week with the Week 8 recap, followed by our Week 9 picks. Good luck this weekend, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.